by Queen of the South again. I'm upset. <laughs> My name is Jarvie, and I am joined this week by Simon, Harry, Paddy, and Cameron. Together, we are at the Broken Hearts Club. Probably a, a good place to start, boys. Um, Hammy, following on from last week's episode, uh, the Foundation of Hearts released a statement backing, you would probably say, the club. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about that for starters, please? Aye, so after all the, you know, the furor and I, I guess the threats of a protest, really, that's where it all came from. The Hearts released a statement um, essentially saying, we hear you, but we don't really care. Say, that's what I got from it, you know, we understand you are angry, but fine. You know, we're just going to keep going with what we're doing and please don't protest. And then the foundation came out. Um, and obviously, I believe that this was, you know, on the back of a lot of pledges getting cancelled. Um, and they released a statement. I seen it and I instantly went, right, here we go. Hopefully they'll say something. And it, it really said very little. Again, it was, it was very... Probably pointless. One of these times where I, d- I never thought it would be an issue where they probably should have just stayed quiet. It, it actually caused mere grief because um, they were just, and uh, you know, going on what I've seen online is they were just towing the party line. And that's what it came across like. Hearts have released a statement saying everything's, they understand, they hear you, but nothing's happening. They just said the exact same. It was, it was disappointing, um, I would say. And, and f- again, that seemed to speed up a lot more. I was just going off social media and kickbacking things, and it just continued the whole trend of there's no day in anything. I'm cancelling my pledges. If anything, it made things worse. I would say. I think um, if they had just came out and even just added one line like, "We understand this isn't good enough. We we look to rectify this or whatever, or we'll work with the the parts board to try and change this." Just something along those lines that they are making a conscious effort and they are aware that this is not good enough. But it was more just like. Take care of medicine, please. Any protest? <laughs> yeah, a, a proper politician statement. Just a oh, big aye. Yeah. Hearts um, remind me of a certain video game character at the moment. It's constantly just, I've got a plan, Arthur. We just need more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, Red Dead quotes on a Hearts podcast. <laughs> the day has come. Well, Rockstar, you know, it's all linked. It is. Um, as for people saying they're ca- cancelling their pledges, well, just think about if you don't give the club money, then we're not going to afford Robbie Nielsen's compensation. <laughs> Can someone just start a GoFundMe? We spoke about last week. It's the only way to do it. Um, we should say now that we have an interview with Stevie Kilgower, or better known as Killy, coming up for you in due course. Um, but first of all, but obviously we're going to have to speak about the Queen of the South defeat, unfortunately. Uh, but a question for you, boys. Do you know what was number one in the charts the last time Queen of the South beat Hearts? The Beatles? Sixties or something. Yeah, it was the Beatles, Simon. She oh, yes. Beatles. I mean, in the sixties, you kind of really miss. Like they had like <laughs> twelve number ones. <laughs> and uh, we hadn't been beaten by a non-league side for what was it, one hundred and two or one hundred and twenty years? Do you know what was number one in the charts then? <laughs> Nothing. It was before music was invented. <laughs> It was just people walking about whistling. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, on, on a lighter note, 
Uh, someone in the past week has said that this is all just a conspiracy and we're deliberately playing bad to trick the Premiership sides <laughs> for when we go up next season. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? They're tricking their own fan base as well then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've fooled us. We're all fooled. And <laughs> uh, just a, another lighter note, uh, the Queen of the South Twitter admin uh, posted on the 11th minute. 36-year-old Willie Gibson beats former Scotland international Mackay Stephen for pace down the left, including a decent chance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> embarrassing. Um, Shea Logan, boys. Looking like it's confirmed. <laughs> coming in as right back cover. Where on earth does this come from? So, just to clarify, is he coming in after summer or is he coming in as a loan just now? Well, it's, it's now. It's right back cover. Coming in on loan now because Scott Brown's going to Aberdeen and he's absolutely shiting himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he's if he's coming in on loan to the end of the season, it's a right back. That's what we we're all we were all saying. Just get someone in. Just get a body in. So, yeah, cool. It's a body in. Yeah. But at the same time, we're paying somebody. We're paying another player for what five weeks work. It, it seems unnecessary. <laughs> Aye, and it's it's not like they didn't know that we weren't going to have right back cover. Like we keep saying, they should have planned this ages ago. Aye, yeah. we've waited until Michael Smith's back now. That's what I didn't understand. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like, probably going to play Michael Smith at centre back. Oh, I, I've Aye. seen that mentioned quite a bit. Actually, they were like, right, Popescu and Berra are done now. Uh, put Michael Smith at right back and uh, centre back and him at right back. But You're missing a, you miss a point there, though, Hammy, because um, Pesco and Berra are, are, we've scored in the last two games, goal each. Shit. So they're obviously goal threats. <laughs> Denny. Uh, it, I'll be honest with you, it boggles my mind why we're getting in a 33-year-old to cover it right back for five games when, let's be honest, we're not going to need to win any more games, in my opinion. And, We've got Cammy Logan on loan at uh, Cove Rangers. Just recall him if, we, if we're that desperate. I just, it seems stupid signing another 33 year old who, who's not been playing for Aberdeen as well. So, how fit is he? It just, uh, just seems weird, but it's probably not even, wouldn't even make the top five weird signings for Hearts have made in the last five years. So, it probably makes sense, you know, for our cut. Oh, no, we're in, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Paddy, you've been awfully, awfully quiet sitting there simmering away while we speak to you about Scotland, which I guess is uh, maybe a, a slightly better note, but it wouldn't be hard to better note than Hearts. <laughs> um, what did you make of the, the Scotland-Austria draw, first of all? You enjoy that one? Uh, yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought Scotland were the better team in that game. I thought we probably should have won it in the end, but you, you'll take a draw against Austria. They're a good side. Mm-hmm. What did you make of the, the, the new angriest man in football, Grant Hanley? <laughs> I, uh, I think we saw both sides to his game in that game. A mistake for one of the goals and then an unbelievable header for our goal. Who do you think is angrier, Paddy? Grant Hanley or A.D. White? Me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cameron, you're a big Tartan Army bastard, you. What the jink of the Israel game? Four draws now for Steve Clark. I think I find it amazing that we're still playing this Israel team and making them look good. <laughs> they seem They're, to be our uh, our kryptonite, don't they? They do, and then the games. It's not even. It's 
it's not even that they play well and and you know we get we get beat or we, we draw in these games because they perform so well. The games are terrible. Like every single one of them has been a terrible game, and we've we've just never managed to get going in any of them. So I thought it was thoroughly disappointing. And over the over the piece, you know, you've got to feel like we should have won against Austria in that game. We had enough chances. We we let there was a mistake for the first goal, um, and then in, in the second, the Marshall mistake. Oh yeah, so it was. Right. Big Craig would have had that. And then obviously you you go there suddenly you, you need a result. I feel you need a you need a win in Israel, and we've come away with a point, two points. The best we're going to do is five points out of these three games, and then we're in a hole right off the bat. And I think it'll be a, a real struggle to qualify. And the really annoying thing about the whole thing, this whole piece, is that we could have had a chance to qualify through the playoffs had we actually taken those two. Nations League's game seriously and, and, and went and won that Nations League group. The really annoying thing is that we've we've thrown that away and, and we're now going to struggle. Yeah, I feel like we needed to win both those games because it's only the first place to get a, a qualifier. So I think a draw at home against probably the team we're competing for second with and then a draw get away against Israel, it's starting on two points. It's already ruined our qualifier, qualifier in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, Cameron... Which is disappointing, sorry, because it's actually a really exciting Scotland squad that's got a lot of talent, and I think Steve Clark's doing a good job. We just didn't get it right. Yeah. Speaking of talent, Simon, what about the the new this new Scottish talent, Jay Adams? What did you make of him? Brilliant. I thought he was really good. I think if him and Lyndon Dykes can get um, a bit of chemistry going, that's that's a genuine threat. And then you've got players like Ryan Fraser playing off either of them or uh, Ryan Christie when he moves into the striking position. It's just mad. This is the first time in my life that I sort of remember, because obviously that we had a much better team in the nineties. But that we've, you can actually look at the squad and look at the bench and think, oh, we've got options here. There's genuine competition. It's it's interesting. There's there's more than one way we can play. We've got a big team for once in our life, despite what Gordon Strachan ever said. The average height our back four and our, our some of our midfielders and strikers are pretty big. Hmm. We've managed to find men over six foot. Much <laughs> to Gordon Strachan's dismay and shock. Okay, well, that's enough of Scotland. Um, and before we move on to speak about Queen of the South and uh, go to our interview with Stevie Kilgower, I think we better check in on Jolly, boys, and see how he's coping with everything. Hello, Jolly. Have you, are you there? All right, lads. Thanks for inviting me, your Arts Anonymous group. My name's Jolly, and much like Billy Brown, I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jolly. What what have you made of hearts in the last week, did I ask? Hi, I'm fine, Jarvie. Thanks for asking. Christ. <laughs> how's, your, how's your cell? You heard you had a bit of wobbly on Saturday night. <laughs> Just a wee one. No, I, I'll go and, you know... The hearts. I mean, what can I say? Since since I last spoke to you, we've made Brora Rangers look like the Power Rangers, and the Queen of the South look like a team from down south. <laughs> I guess, I guess, when Rocky Balboa said that you know life ain't all sunshine and rainbows, what he meant was, though we sometimes go down, we can I come back up? It's it's. I mean, it's pretty bloody bleak, Jarvis. The only light I can see at the end of this tunnel is that big blazing badge on the back of the main stand. And that's costing us money. So, oh, I mean, I started this season describing Hearts as a vanilla slice, but you all find well, Ken, you know, we were 
positive and that's a sweet delight, you know. Here I am, here's the update on that team. I think Hearts now on the park look like a fruit scone. <laughs> left, left on the shelf, stale, overpriced. I don't want any of it. But, I mean, we're all hurting, you know. Streets of Gorgie haven't been this sad since, since the farm shut. And they managed to fix that, so, I mean, I'm dead hoping we can fix this. But there's one thing, one thing I want to say that's, you know, we all know we need changing. Robbie's a fantastic lad, you know, he's smashing hair, great great jackets and all that, but it's over for him, I think. You know, there's probably no coming back for this now, but what I can't stand is this Dini Mean, Craig Levine, commenting on all this situation, you know, pretending he wasn't he hanging about like a, a hair on a bride either, you know, 18 months ago. <laughs> I, 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 it does my head in, you know, he feels he can comment at this stage, you know. Move on, don't listen to him, you know. Wait, but uh, we need a fresh start away from all that, and I'm, I'm nowhere here for Craig Levine again. <laughs> well, that's it, you know. I've, I've not even got any questions for you because you said you had a question for me or so. You know, I'm, I was too angry to even think of a question for the boys. That's all right, that's totally understandable, Jolly. Uh, but we do, we have a question for you from one of our American listeners, and believe it or not, Continental. Uh, Mr. Skimco. We'd like to ask you, Jolly, would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? What kind of question is that? <laughs> I mean, America, you see, this, this fairly. America. Well, I hope they stay. They've got duck-sized horses over there, do they? Horse-sized ducks? So I've heard. Well, I, I, I've never been asked anything like that in my life, Jarvis. I think, um, I mean, what would be the merits of a, a duck-sized horse? Be... Pull, pull tiny wee carriages around and that'd be shite. Be absolutely <laughs> useless. I mean, and a, a horse-sized duck? I mean, it would take take that banquet meal for, for two <laughs> a, a new level, that would, you know. You could feed the whole family. Maybe it'd be that and we could cook it and we'll have, a, we'll have duck and pancakes for everyone. Not there you go. Superb. Well, you just sound fine, Jolly. You sound fine. Well, you get me talking about food, Jarvie, you can. <laughs> I mean, what would you think of these questions? What would you what would you rather swim in? A fish tank the size of a swimming pool or a, a beer bottle the size of... I don't, know, I don't understand these questions, where you're getting them from. It's, it's nonsense to me. Yeah. But what do I can, eh? My internet and all that. It must be all these folk spend too much time. <coughs> oh, Jolly, you sound like you're going through some things at the moment. We'll let you uh, crack on with your evening. All right, lads. Uh, nice to speak to you. Cheerio. Cheers. Queen of the South defeat. Simon, how did we line up and shape up to get started? Um, we started with uh, with what really worked at Broader Rangers. Um, we kept uh, Ad White, um, Berra in, and Halka at right back. We we brought in Popescu instead of Haran because out of the four that started at Broader, I really thought Haran was the weak link. <laughs> Um, and then we had uh, we had Ross Stewart and goals. Mm-hmm. Well, he was there. Um, we had Andy Halliday, McInef, and Andy Irvin in the, in the middle, and then we had Gary McKay, Stephen uh, behind Liam Boyce and Nondwili. Kind of didn't really work at all, <laughs> as you could tell. Cutting out the mistakes, we didn't perform very well. Um, it just wasn't very inspiring. It was very boring again. The build-up was very slow. What we seem to do is we seem to win the ball back 
and then kind of go, oh, don't worry, we're going to pass it about here for five minutes to let you get back and set. So it seems very stale, very stagnant. We uh, we eventually moved to three at the back, which seemed to make more sense. And uh, they even brought on Henderson at right wing back, which I'm pretty sure we all said last week probably would have been better than having Halkett at right back. He was better. He was good. He kind of just played right wing, but um, he was the, the de facto right wing back. Um, but still, it, it's just it's so bland. And uh, I'm not sure if it was me and you, maybe Jarvie, but we were talking about maybe the player's motivation is, isn't to actually see Robbie Nielsen to the end of the season. And and they kind of think, well, I don't want to put any, any, they're all professionals and I'm sure this isn't the case, but mm-hmm. it might suit a few players if Robbie Nielsen isn't there. Halkett has backed him in the media this morning. I mean, you would, you're not going to come out to the media and tell, the, <laughs> no. tell everyone that your boss is an arsehole. No, the new record in three. I'll get the and... oh, I, I forgot we've actually done that in the past. <laughs> it's not our fault, it's his, honestly. <laughs> but um, I, I just think these games where, where we are, like you said uh, earlier, we probably don't need to win games to, to see this, this season out. We're probably close enough that we can lose every game for year and out. If we do, obviously, it's a, it's a shame, but... Why aren't we? Why aren't we blooding some of these young boys? Why aren't we recalling the boys that aren't really playing football at all, or have only just started playing football again, and, and get them integrated into the squad and, and see what they're worth and see if they are actually good enough? And I just feel like starting players that we know aren't good enough against teams that are worse than us and playing them out of position as well. What does that benefit us? Where do we gain from that? Even if we lose the game and, and we've played a team full of youngsters, we can at least go, right, well, we know more about these guys now. Yeah. Playing a, playing a team that's... Most of the players are all over mid, mid-20s, mid apart from a few of them, just to find out they're not good enough. Well, we already knew that, so... Aye. Why was Lewis Moore not given a chance? <laughs> <laughs> How many times? Um, right, we, we got off to a, a cracking start, Hammy. 90 seconds in Pepescu just passed the ball straight to Aquino the South player um, do you want to talk us through that one? Um, I wish I could but I was actually in the car driving home from <laughs> somewhere I shall remi- I can't tell you where it was um, thinking I'll get it on when I get in everything will be fine and that was on Queen Street and generally said right before it see if we score it oh, they'll go into meltdown up at that protest and uh, yeah they scored but um from what I gather, everybody was was 100% slating Popescu for it. Apparently, he was screaming at the edge of the box or something. <laughs> Aye. So, uh, he he took the ball. I can't remember if he got it passed out to him from Ross Stewart or someone passed it back to him, but he kind of had the ball on the edge of the box for far longer than he ever should have. He had an outlet to um, Halkett on the right. Um, and he had an outlet in front of him. It was either Halliday or Irvin. So basically, there is two options as a centre-back. Instead, what he did was he let the two Queen of the South strikers get close to him, close off the angles, and just passed it straight to one of them. To be fair, once Queen of the South did win the ball back, it was a good finish. It was a good finish, and I think Ross Stewart should be, should be doing better at his front post, to be honest, but he still had a lot of work to do, and it was still a difficult angle. So, Yeah. It was a nice ball through to, to Shields, uh, the striker. And I, it was a good finish, but like you say, the, the reason I was asking you, Hammy, being the, one of the best fives keepers this side of Scotland, <laughs> and if you've not seen it, then not right to get your comment. Um, Simon, you, you could have cut the tension with a knife 
you know, I don't think I've ever seen a heart squad just look so dejected after that goal. The heads were down. Yeah, and the fact that they would have 100% heard the boos coming from outside as well. Um, and good, like, good. They've, they've, they've deserved a boo for a long fucking time, so. Mm-hmm. After that, we, we did come into the game a wee bit in that first half. Uh, Andy Halliday had a, a strike on goal from outside the box. It was a fairly good effort, to be fair to him. Uh, and Liam Boyce began what was basically a, a one-man team <laughs> kind of show. <laughs> we were talking about... Craig Gordon maybe saving us 10 or 12 points a season. Liam Boyce has got to be up there with that amount as well. That I mean, I know it came to nothing, but he put in some effort. He was making tackles on the edge of our box. He was, he was linking the midfield. He was everywhere, man, mm-hmm. which is disappointing. You don't want to see your striker doing that, but more credit to him, man. He's our best player by an absolute mile. Yeah. Excluding nice. Craig Gordon. Yeah. Um this is uh, last last week against Barola. I said the most controversial thing on the episode when I said that Gary McKay Stephen had an okay game. I'm gonna say Andy Halliday had an okay game this week as well. Yeah, he was, he was okay. <laughs> <laughs> he had an okay game. He lost three two to Queen of the South. <laughs> Fuck off with that. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, you were agreeing with me. I'm not alone here. Not losing. Yeah, I think I think Andy Halliday is definitely better in a midfield three. But like Paddy said, I wouldn't say anyone had a great game apart from Liam Boyce. Aye, I mean Paddy, I'm talking a four out of ten instead of a one out of ten. <laughs> um, just when you were trying to collect your thoughts and, and try and focus on what was going on on the pitch, boom! It was two 0 <laughs> twenty-two minutes in. Um, Simon, Queen of the South took advantage of a, a very high line, uh, catching Halkett in the middle of fucking nowhere in Crystal. They are very confused in the middle. Um, do you want to talk us through it from there? Yeah, so because we lost the ball so quickly and and, um, and unlike Hearts, Queen of the South were really good in the transition. Um, they, they got the ball up to their striker. I don't remember his name. Shields. Shields. Yeah. They got up to him really quickly. They played the ball in behind Berra and obviously he was outdone for pace. Halkett was miles up the park at a position, which is it's fair enough if you're a fullback and you get caught out of position on a counter-attack. These things happen. Um, no one had the pace to catch him, really. But um, Ross Stewart kind of just made the decision that no one needed to. I'm going to come out to my penalty spot and just give you the full goal to aim at. And it was a good finish, but mm-hmm. if you're a professional striker, you shouldn't ever be missing those finishes, really. Mm. Hi. Um, now, Paddy, speaking of Crystal Bedder, the man has confirmed today that he will be leaving Hearts at the end of the season. It doesn't look like he's retiring either. Looks like he's going to carry on somewhere else. You've uh, you've been a, a critic. It's safe to say, Paddy. Um, but you must you must respect for you must respect him pre-injury what he's done for the club. He is a, a captain, a Scottish Cup winner. You got any thoughts and comments on Bedder? I like. He was great when he first came through. He was great when he first came back. But his legs have been gone for about two years now. So, like, I feel sorry for whichever team he ends up on. Yeah, the, you've got to separate the, the love for Berra and the love for Hearts. And, and the love for Hearts is always going to come over a, a player. Maybe not really schedule. But um, <laughs> you're always going to pick the club over a player. And, and like Paddy says... It's nothing personal against Christoph. He's, he's been an absolute brilliant player. I've absolutely loved having him back at the club, but the last few seasons just haven't been good enough. Yeah. I mean, pre-injury, Hammy, that 
that run, can't remember what, what, how many games were we unbeaten at home a couple of years ago? It was Bera and Suter at the back. Aye, that, that's when he that's right before his injury. Yeah, and he was, was aye, he was just as good, I would say, as when he was first here. He was so commanding, he still had a bit of pace. He obviously wasn't he the fastest, but with Suter behind, um, it was all right. Um, and he just looked like a proper leader, and, and that's something that. Really, even more so in Queen of South game, we just didn't look like we had a leader, and he was meant to be, you know, the captain, lead for the back, and everything. And it, uh, yeah, he's, he's just not got it anymore. But yeah, if 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 he was still playing like that, you know, we wouldn't be where we are. But it's um, yeah, you know, no, I wouldn't. I didn't want to necessarily say I'm glad he's going, but yeah. I am. I wish it had been on better terms. I wish he'd maybe bowed out like when Craig Levine should have bowed out after the Scottish Cup final against Celtic or something like that. That would have been yeah, yeah. Would have been more fitting. But the, the most difficult thing that you hear from professional footballers and professional athletes is is known when it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If Bera thinks he the championships is level, you could arguably say it's not. I struggled when he came in this season. Yeah, exactly. Like there's like. A few part-time teams in this league as well, and he's looked bad against them. Like I just, I know like what Simon's saying. It is difficult. Professional athletes find it difficult to know when to retire, but mm. I just don't see where he goes from here. I wonder if he could go to Edinburgh City. Yeah, I suppose. Could be a good move for him. A wee bit lower down as well. You know, Naismith just took over and charged there as well. So Stephen Naismith. He's <laughs> off the books. <laughs> um, next, that's better. Uh, no hats off to you, Christoph. Good career, but it was time to go. I think the fan base would have went into absolute meltdown if he got a year extension. That's safe to say. So you know there was there was little choice on the matter really. I did see an interesting thing today that the somebody saying they found it quite an interesting thing for the club to announce this, as though they're using it as a sort of shield from what's happened the last week or so. Sort of change the news. Yeah, if you try and uh, you try and control the narrative and, and get on top of that, it's it usually is good. And it is like we've all said so many times, but it is good that he's leaving. But it's like a drop in the ocean of our problems, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, uh, I asked you last week about Joel Pereira, uh, his feet instead of his hands, since Daniel Stendel said that's why he kept playing him. But did you know Ross Stewart now has a worse shot to goal ratio than Joel Pereira? No, I obviously didn't know that. <laughs> well, now you do. That, Thanks. He's getting he's getting criticised heavily here uh, for what seemed like a, a good guy to have around the squad. Everyone said he yeah, he gets called cheesy and that that's quite funny, but it's the reality of it is he's just not good enough to to be at Hearts even as a backup. I still just don't really understand the situation with him being there if we've got Stone out on loan. Like it, it, it makes very little sense to me. You've got a guy there who's young and you, you either see him as the future in goals for the club or you don't. And if you don't, then you, you're not loaning him out places. You should get rid of him. And if you do, then he should be there. Uh, neither of that makes sense to me. And um, yeah, you, you see that we clearly don't have a solid backup at the moment. Yeah. And it's not, and we still have Bobby's Lamal as well. Yeah, of course. He's on the bench at the weekend. It's, it has been a bit confusing the old goalkeeping department. 
Aye, he said we don't have a solid backup, and even with Salmal there, that is a, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> um, right, so after that goal, so we went in at half time, two 0 down. Um, you could hear the booze from the plaza. That was interesting. Can I wait to get back in Tynecastle? <laughs> half time stat: sixty three percent possession, four shots, two on goal, and three corners. Not the best. We we missed out Popescu's goal, did we not? Oh, sorry, I skimmed right over that, Hammy. It was very, I mean, come on, it, on the face of it, it was no, probably no even worth talking about. Popescu scored 2-1, that was it. First goal for the club as well. I know, he finally scored one of these years. <laughs> I know. After yeah. missing, what, 100? Aye, it feels like, it feels uh, like his goal-scoring ratio is as good as Ross Stewart's save ratio. <laughs> <laughs> Give a man a million attempts and he'll score one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Simon, you've touched on this already, but in the second half, we went to a back three and McInef lined up at right wing back. Sorry, was it McInef initially and then he, he got subbed? Yeah, I feel sorry for McInef, man. Um, I think his willingness to put in a shift is maybe a bit detrimental to him because I know he's played right mid and it's a similar position, but I think Robbie Nielsen just looks at him and goes, I know he's going to work whatever position I put him in, so I'm just going to try it in loads of different positions, which doesn't allow him to get comfortable in any position. So, and any young footballer is fully aware that you need game time at, at a position in a certain role to, to make you comfortable and to develop. If you're constantly having to change what you're doing and, and what you're having to, to cover, then you don't get the chance to develop. Mm-hmm. That's a funny one. He's getting the old uh, Michael Smith treatment, understandable. Right. I'm a McInef truther. I think he's a great player. I think he's he's got all the qualities you want at, at um, this sort of level and, and the potential to, to do more, but I'm, I'm reserving all judgments on most players currently. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like a, a, a place to breed success right now, does it? No, exactly. And I think McInef used to be in way higher up the park, passing forward, but it just looks like He's just been told to just pass it sideways, just keep the ball, give it yeah. to Irvin, let him spray it a bit. You just run about, son. Yeah. And he's got so much more ability than that. It's just a waste. Uh, Ken Huber's shite on Saturday. Really, really shite. A.D. <laughs> a- a- White. <laughs> I'm also an A.D. White truther, so watch what you're fucking saying. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all we were all for giving A.D. White another contract, but he has not been very good since he came back from his injury, safe to say. He was, he was losing so much possession. He was even losing possession when he was passing it backwards. <laughs> like, he had a nightmare eye. Um, I feel like we've we've had peak Eddie White and I don't know if we'll ever get it again. Well, that's a very low ceiling. <laughs> no, 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 not this weekend. Yeah, like the when we were, were actually scraping through games and Eddie White was the only player looking like he was trying. Mm. He's definitely better as a left mid than a left back or left wing back, isn't he? Yeah, I think it, if he's got someone in behind him, it kind of allows him to make a mistake, mm-hmm. which isn't ideal, but it's not it's not um, terminal. You know what will be better when we finish <laughs> talking about this game? <laughs> almost there. Try him or try it. Uh, just to rattle through a few more players we haven't touched on, really. Um, Gary Mackay, Stephen, was it just when you thought it wasn't possible to have a more quiet game? <laughs> There he was on Saturday. Yeah, you you want him to step up in these sort of games. You want it to to be extremely easy for him, but he's making it look very difficult. 
Aye. And, you know, the, the, the annoying thing is there's really nobody else you'd play now. Like, who do we have left? It's so soul-destroying. Well, Hammy, one man that might deserve more minutes, um, albeit he'd have to change thing up. 69th minute, McInef went off for Ewan Henderson, uh, who made an immediate impact getting a low cross into the box. Dummied by Boyce, put away by Nandwili, but still a nice bit of play by Henderson. Jinky's got to, to get a shot starting now. Um, I mean, I would say why no? Yeah, like, it can't exactly. be any worse, but I'm not expecting much, put that way. Um, the, the last goal, one of the, the worst own goals I have ever seen. <laughs> uh, Simon Joel walk us through Andy Halliday's moment he'll never forget for the rest of his life. Andy Irvin. Yeah, Andy Irvin, sorry, yeah. I. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He's obviously tried to just deal with the situation, which I'm fine with. And uh, it's he's tried to knock out a play, but he, I don't know. He must have got a shout and some, or not got a shout and thought someone was behind him, mm. or or not got a shout and thought no one was behind him. Sorry. Um, I don't know. Why is he there anyway? Why is he the man defending the penalty spot? That, that's what I want to know. He, he shouldn't be ever there. Um, I know he's he plays holding mid, but he's not a defensive mid. And uh, like, what's Christoph Ben in the squad to do if it's not to defend crosses? Mm-hmm. It's weird. They all seem to get, you know, Popescu is out at right back because Halkett's caught halfway up the pitch because he's not a right back. Um, Berra's then had to move out and there's just a massive gap. Yeah, three centre backs and not one of them's on the penalty spot. Ah, and yeah, they sort of, to me, it looked like he was just caught in two minds, didn't know what to do, and then, you know, aye. Because there was a player running in at the back, but he wasn't like quite back post. Yeah, he could just... have let it go past and just defended it from there. From there but... Yeah, just mm. pure communication, I think, all round. Yeah, and, and maybe position. having someone like Gordon and Goals stops that just because he can communicate clearly with the back four and keep him a bit more organised. But then you do have Christoph Berra in there. You do have Craig Halkett, who have played multiple, multiple games for Hearts at centre back. Just no one looked arsed. Other yeah, than, looked embarrassed, obviously, but just that—it's unbelievable. For the last ten minutes, Craig Halkett played up front. <laughs> <laughs> square um, pegs and square holes. <laughs> it's just funny uh, if we—it would have been good if we had a third striker, someone like Craig Whiten, maybe. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, just the final couple of points here what do you make of this the Jamie Walker ghost assist there was no way that ball was out of play was it no um, I don't see how because we have goal line do we have goal line technology no no alright okay well then yeah cool you can see why it was given out it was it was quick it's difficult but the linesman should have spotted that it wasn't out it was clearly nowhere near out the full ball was nowhere near out um, but yeah, frustrating. Blindsman's got to do better than that. This yeah. yeah. Shocker. But at the end of the day, if we drew that, if we scored a last minute equaliser, would you be feeling any differently? No. No. Nah. <laughs> that's why it doesn't matter, Mr. Nielsen. And you can't <laughs> stop with your excuses. I know. Imagine trying to make up excuses because you thought you should have had a draw at home to <laughs> Queen of the South. <laughs> oh, shut up. Terrible. Uh, at full time, the players just looked flat 
and as soon as the camera kind of went to the middle of the pitch, it was Robbie Nielsen walking straight past Andy Irvin. <laughs> like he wouldn't even look at him. <laughs> he likes to pass pass the buck, doesn't he? Old Nielsen. It's everybody yeah. else's fault. Definitely not his fault. And it's almost. Do you think it's like planned? Because he obviously made, was making a beeline to the refs to to complain <laughs> about whatever and whatever. Like we should never be in a position where we're having to complain to the refs at home to Queen of the South. And he's had to do it what seven, eight times this season. He's got the old book out. And I, I thought the part of the Queen of South was good when they tweeted about um, Tynecastle being a glorious pitch. Because <laughs> yeah. do you remember when we beat they beat us at? Um, down at Queen of the South and Robbie Nielsen was complaining about the ref and the pitch and just any excuse he could think of that day really yep mm-hmm. uh, Paddy in Robbie Nielsen's post-match interview uh, he still described this period as just a blip and said fans should just be happy being 13 points clear at the top of the league what did you make of all that? I fuck off like how fuck no fuck off can't even bother dancing that <laughs> He's an idiot. Hammy, any more expansive words? <laughs> no, um, this 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 constantly getting and um, we'll hear about it a wee bit as well. John Collins on Sports Sound when he was talking to um, the guy from Foundation Hearts was backing up Nielsen and saying, you know, thirteen points clear. And we, there was a Sun interview, uh, a Sun article saying. You know what the Hearts fans are an embarrassment. They're thirteen points clear, and it's it's just it's looking at a very minuscule part of the season. Um, it's not taking into account the fact that we've been terrible. Our recruitment's been terrible. Um, we're now on a really bad run of form as well. Um, put out both cups. Ah, but we're thirteen points clear. It's come Listen, on now. When I get in my car. I don't boast that I've never smashed anyone or killed any kids while I'm driving. <laughs> it's a bare minimum, right? It is a bare minimum. Bingo. Right. If, if anything, this league should have been finished by now. We should have won it. Being 13 points clear is not glamorous at all okay. in this, the, the, with the other teams. Well, thank you, boys. Another, another defeat in the locker. <laughs> we'll leave it at that and never speak about it again. Um, but we'll now go over to speak to uh, an interview which we recorded a little bit earlier uh, with Stevie Kilgower of the Federation of Heart Supporters Clubs, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. But we are delighted to be joined by Stevie Kilgower, uh, otherwise known as Killy, of the Federation of Heart Supporters Clubs. Uh, thank you very much for agreeing to speak to us, Killy. Um, are you still in shock from the game on Saturday, or have you, have you came came down from that one so far? I honestly can't see I'm shocked. Because it's been that bad and it's been getting progressively worse. Severely disappointed, but I can't say I was honestly that shocked. Now, I know you're an avid listener, so you'll obviously be aware that we have a buy-or-sell segment. And our one of our buy-or-sells was, um, will Hearts win the game? And all of us bought it. <laughs> <laughs> with with reservations, but we all thought, no, come on, surely they'll do it. But <laughs> nah, like, like you, we weren't shocked as well. No, it wasn't a complete shock to the system, was it? Unfortunately not. Um, and I guess that's what brings us here today. Um, mm-hmm. As Kelly, you you could say you almost came into the spotlight following your appearance on Sports Sound on Saturday uh, when you gave a very honest assessment of the current situation with the club. Uh, and your assessments have really resonated uh, with a huge number of the heart support. Uh, but for those who aren't 
familiar with yourself and the Federation, would you mind telling our listeners a bit about the Federation yourself and what your kind of duties are? Yeah, well, the Federation was formed, we're approaching our 50th year. We were formed in 1972 and we're there to represent the travelling support was mainly what we were started for back in the, the 70s, a bit before my time, I've got to add that as well, by the way, I've not been in the committee that whole time. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of issues, probably most of us of an age will remember that for away fans. So um, yeah, we were born because there was lots of issues back then around the, the away support, the policing of the away support, so on. And obviously it's got to be said, in all fairness, the, the hearts are a large unsavoury element of their support at that time as well. So it was there to curtail that and try and stamp out, help work with the club to eliminate hooliganism. Okay. So that's what we're formed for. But currently we're sitting with about, I think uh, prior to the pandemic, we were sitting with about 25 member clubs, mm-hmm. um, ranging from a lot of active clubs, like one clubs in Livingston, um, you've got all the, all the clubs around Edinburgh, Fife and all the surrounding areas. Some further fun clubs that we would call associated clubs that don't necessarily organise travel on a weekly basis, but they're associated and they're still heart supporters and they're, they're an affiliated group. Right, okay. um, clubs like Lombardia, Hearts and Italy, things like that, even though they, they do have attendees at every meeting when we have them monthly. Yeah. My role is General Secretary of an Executive Committee, Secretary Chairman Tom Watson, who I think Tom has been there since day dot. Don't think I might be saying that. Um, okay. We've got Terry O'Donnell as our vice chair. John Lomure, he's a member of Glasgow Hearts, he's our treasurer. And myself as general secretary, as I say. And then we have a further executive committee underneath that. Okay. And so how how is the Federation working in recent times with the foundation, just to touch on that? There's not been a lot of contact during the pandemic, to be honest with you. Again, um, I was a member chairman when Scott he likened us to a militant group. You don't really hear from us until things are going wrong. <laughs> and that's when we tend to raise our heads up on the bar a bit. Yeah. Kind of a bit like Saturday. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big friend of the media because I don't think the media are big friends of hearts. But uh, sometimes you've got to speak to them. Um, and I, I, I got a message on Saturday about halfway through the second half saying that somebody from the BBC wanted to get in touch with the we want to speak. And I thought the time is now to speak because nobody else has seen it. Yeah. Yeah. In your honest opinion, what are your what's your reviews of the, the performance on and off the field this year? On the field, it's definitely not been good enough. Um, there's been little patches where it's, you know, like obviously the Hibs game in the semi-final. You could say for spells of the first game against Dundee, let's be honest, Dundee pulled it back to two each. Mm-hmm. Looking a bit great at that time as well. Ended up being a comfortable victory, but there's not been enough of these moments this season, you know. And with the, yeah. the Dundee game, we we realised that um, I think it was we had five shots on target and they all went in. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like we're not going to continually do that every single game. So, like you say, it, it was a bit touch and go concerning the result. Yeah, yeah. I think the result flattered us a little bit. Um, as I say, the middle part of the game had fell right out of it. So even by then, you could probably see in reflection that the warning signs were there. The performances have been getting gradually worse. Yeah, definitely. Worse. Obviously, culminating in the last week. <laughs> you don't get the result you'd expect on Saturday to that result last Tuesday. I, I think that, to me, speaks volumes and tells you everything you need to know. Yep. There's yeah. something really, really wrong within the dressing room. It definitely signifies that the attitude's stinking. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, what about off the pitch? Off the pitch, well, I think you've got to be fair to Anne and the board in, in some ways. I mean, the, the managers through the pandemic seem to have done it quite well financially. Yeah, I mean, we could sit here and pull it apart bit by bit. I think um, overall, Anne's been really good for the club, obviously. You know, she, she, she put her money up front. Nobody else was there to do it. I know because I was, I was involved with the foundation in the earlier days. Um, and I said, there was, there was nobody else, despite what people might think, there was nobody else willing to put that money up front. You know? So, I mean, no, she's not got every right. The main thing being the football side, she's, I think she's continually got that wrong with the looks of things. Do you think um, bringing in Andrew McKinley will help that if he's doing anything currently? I don't know really because Andrew came in during the pandemic. We did have one meeting with him on a Zoom meeting we had. Um, and I wouldn't say we got from the best footing because he's made that statement about building bridges and making friends with the SFA and other clubs and that, that were wrong us. So I gave him a one word question and that was why. So <laughs> we were accused of being paranoid. <laughs> I was accused of being paranoid like the like the old firm supporters. So I wouldn't say we got from the best of footings, but that's the only only time I've had a meeting with Andrew so far. So that, that brings me on to the next question. Do you feel that um what feels like a unanimous for the first time heart support in a very long time. Uh, do you think we're being listened to by the foundation of the club or do you think we're just are sort of being told that, yeah, pay your money, get on with it, thanks? I, I think, I think, the, the, I think they listen, they definitely listen to us because they hear us, they, they, they'll hear us on social media, it'll be reported back to them. Um, I heard Gary Halliday on Sports Sound earlier on, I don't know if any of you guys listened in to him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was saying it as a three. I think we're seeing it, you know. Um, I think the foundation themselves, they are in a difficult position, to be fair. And I've got to say something as well. As I, I spoke to Stuart Wallace yesterday. I'm not going to disclose all of the conversation, but um, the first thing I got was right away, because I've known Stuart, we actually went to school together. No so but we, had, we had parted ways for a long, long time. We only got back in touch when Stuart got involved with the foundation. Um but right away I could tell there was something wrong and, and that was the levels of abuse, personal abuse and threats he'd been receiving online. Um, yeah. And we've I know... Seen a, apologies. Yeah. We've, seen a, we've seen a banner outside Dan's house and I think we all unanimously said that it, it's completely fine to criticise her her ability at the club and her, her role at the club and the club, but I think everyone's taking it a step too far when they make it personal or they, they turn up yeah. at someone's residence. So. Mm-hmm. I believe they were shouting abuse through the windows. Now I don't know how true that is, but that's just what I've been yeah. told. Like you know, but that, that, that is not on. And to, these people, no matter what, even if they're if things aren't going right, it's not because it's not deliberate. Yeah, exactly. you know, they're trying their hardest as well. And people like Stuart, especially, they're they're, they're volunteers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're they're giving their time for nothing. So that that's not right. Whether we think they're doing a good job or not is immaterial. That 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 kind of behaviour is not right. It's not fair on them. You know, when they've given so much. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Um, just to carry on about the foundation of hearts as well, I think, you know, I've been keeping tabs on Twitter and Facebook and, and you know, things like Jabba's kickback and all that and trying to get a bit of a taste. And what I've noticed for not even just the last sort of week, um, going a wee bit further, that I feel like hearts fans are getting a bit disconnected for the foundation of hearts there's you know there's issues with sort of communication and and how how the foundation of hearts represents 
Hearts fans. Um, so, and I think this has maybe tipped everybody over the edge, especially with sort of cancelling pledges and things. Um, and a lot of what you're seeing is that fans are starting to think that the the difference between the Foundation of Hearts and the board is becoming very muddy and that is the foundation just a fan paid, closed off board? Are we just putting in money and the Foundation of Hearts are just going with the board? Is that, is it, would you agree with that or do you see it a different way? I, I, can't, I can't say I've seen it personally, but as I say, I started to say a wee bit, and I must have didn't finish up, but they're in a difficult position because two of the foundation are also on the board, so there's a kind of conflict interest in the sense of there'll be a confidentiality yep. there, obviously, because we're supporters. We're no, we shouldn't be privy to everything that goes on the boardroom and everything that's said. That's that's not the way to run a business either. No business would burn like that. So I think sometimes fans' expectations are a little too high, even though we're paying into the club via the foundation. But... I think my, my thing on Saturday about them stepping up is because, yeah, this is a time to really lead. And I think they need to be a bit stronger on that front. I get it's difficult because obviously they're, they're, they're talking at board level as well. And it's it's kind of a hard situation. And, and, and the other thing as well, I think they have to be careful as well. Is they're not seen just to react every time the fans react. Other time, otherwise, every time we have five or six bad results, the fans are going to be up and arms saying sack the manager. We're going to do that every five, six weeks. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a difficult one for them, but I, I do believe they really need to step up be a little bit stronger. As far as, as, far as communication with the fans goes, yeah, I think that could be a lot better as well. Yeah. I think I, um, we blogs and that is no always the way. Sometimes it's better to have... They've got the Gorgi suite there. They could have three or 400 people in the Gorgi suite meetings. We have monthly meetings ourselves. I know the shareholders association have monthly meetings. They could maybe go down that road a wee bit um, and be a bit more open with the supporters, I think, maybe. No, no, I, I would agree. And again, like you said, they, they are volunteers. They're not getting paid for this, so you've <laughs> got to have a certain amount of leeway there. Um, just to sort of continue on, I know you mentioned that you spoke to Stuart Wallace at the weekend and he said in Sports Sound you were, you were doing that. Um, so again, just to go sort of back to that, again, I, I don't... I, don't expect you to sort of divulge the full conversation as much as I would sort of kind of want you to, but I know you can. <laughs> um, but you know, I I know in particular, as you said, he's been getting a lot of sort of abuse as well, which again is unmerited. But how how is he feeling? Um, you know, and I know Gary Halliday was on earlier on, and again, I've sort of had a look and I've, I've mixed reviews. I would say they're sort of wanting somebody to come out and just go. You know, this isn't good enough, and they do seem a bit uh, not wanting to, I would say. So, is Stuart sort of, you know, on the wavelength? I'm assuming he knows what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys are fans the same as us. That's why they're involved in the first place. You know, they, they, they'd be, I think it'd be quite hard for them to be detached from it completely for starters. But, um, yeah, I, I sense Stuart was hurting. He, I know he was hurting. He said it. He agrees it's not good enough. Um, what their answer to it at boardroom level is, I don't know. Nothing's yeah. obviously he's not going to give anything like that away. Um, otherwise, he'd be in breach of confidentiality himself, you know. So, um, he, no, he never, he never told me how what way he'd be voting or anything like that. If that's what you're asking, you know, does he think Robbie should go? At you? No, he never disclosed anything like that. 
But I, I can say that after speaking to him, that I think they know this is the start. I think Gary, people, you're saying there's a mixed reaction to Gary there. I, I think he did speak kind of honestly as well. I think he's, uh, although he's not on a board member of the, the, the club itself, but from what I heard on it, he, he does... He has kind of said it as it is. I think it's not good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. I've, I must admit, I've not heard it myself. I've not had a, t- a chance to listen mm-hmm. to it, but it, it's good that they're, you know, for like I said earlier, communication, it's good that they're putting somebody out there to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that'll do a lot of good um, in the long run. Um, sort of going on, since your sports and interview at the weekend, you've become like a bit of a celebrity now. Your name's back there, and I've seen a lot of fans have been um, saying, why don't you? Uh, go for the foundation of hearts. Um, you know, obviously they have elections every year. Is that something that you thought you think you would ever do? It's, it's crossed my mind once or twice. I've been approached a couple of times in the past as well. Um, the history was when the foundation was kicking off. They got in touch with Bill Owls from the Shareholders Association and myself as the representatives of the two organisations, and invited us on board, so to speak. Um, get the fans on side so, as well you know I mean the same as everybody has done previously whether it's been Chris Robinson or Wallace Mercer that they've always engaged with the fans to get them on side you know it's the way to do it um, but there came a time when it was getting kind of serious you know the, the foundations have been laid no pun intended but uh, <laughs> you know the groundwork had been done and everything and it was time to start taking it to a far far more professional and serious level Um with my work commitments, I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm a working man and unless somebody wants to pay me a salary and I'll pack my job and I'd love to do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, that's a that touch on that. I don't know these guys are all volunteers that give their time. Some of them are in businesses where they're, they're maybe the business owners. You know, they're far, more, far better business people than I am. You know? Um, Something I'd love to do as a fans rep, probably yeah, that that's probably probably be my limit. To be fair, I'm not I'm not a business genius, you know. <laughs> uh, Same. I've got KPIs and I've got KPIs and so on, and so for most budgets to have in my work, but I'm not I'm not, I'm not dealing in millions of pounds that we need to be dealing at hearts. <laughs> so that that's kind of what I stepped a bit stepped back a bit from it, and then Henry Snead, who was vice chairman of the federation at the time, he he took my role up and done a a far better job than I would ever have done, to be fair to him. So I, I wouldn't rule it out, but um, it'd have to be something to give a lot of consideration because it would be quite time-consuming. And, and I'm the type of person, if you're going to do something, you do it right. Yeah. You don't just pay a lip service. And I wouldn't want to be in it just for to have a blazer or whatever else, you know. <laughs> and, and sitting in boardrooms, and that does not interest me in the slightest. No. I want to sit with my mates. I want to go for a pint in Borgia Road before the game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could still do that if things were going well, even if you're. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe a, a tricky time to now ask you this, Kelly. After you, you've said you would be interested potentially on, you know, moving into that kind of role in the foundation, but on Saturday you did say it was time for a change. It was time for <clears throat> Anne Budge to go, uh, as well as Robin Nielsen. Just to, to touch on. Uh, Mrs. Budge directly, if you don't mind. Uh, what's your views on her position now, uh, ahead of the summer, and her extended year for the handover period? Yeah, I, I think Anne's problem right now is, by her own admission, she took too long to get rid of Craig Levine. Oh, yes. And I think she's very close to being in danger of doing that again with Robin. 
yeah. hanging on too long. I, I'm a restful more conscious on it. I don't know if it is there a reason we're letting Robbie stay on and see what he was tasked to do. He's so close. Well, but for us fans, it's it's sore to watch the way we're doing it. Yeah. I think so, a lot of the reasons, there's two reasons I say we're up there. One is the other clubs are all taking points from each other. They're all, they're all cutting each other's throats. And we were lucky enough that Celtic, deemed, for some strange reason, deemed that Craig Gordon was surplus to the coins. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Neil Lennon's best ever decision, in my opinion. But oh, <laughs> Because that man's probably saved us at least a dozen points of a season, like a twenty goal a season striker. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, do so, you what? are you in a position now with Robbie Nielsen where you think it's beyond the point of return? Do you think he can turn it around yeah. now? I doubt very much. My, my fear is, I look at like say, the January signings, hmm. and do we give him another transfer window? When you look at some of the signings. I know Joe Savage just came in. I, I, I don't know that well, he's won't know the chance to meet and talk to him yet. Um, but that, that's what worries me is the quality signs that have came in in the recent transfer windows. Mm-hmm. I'm not, with the exception of one or two, really. Probably Craig Gordon, Josh Anelli, mm-hmm. who unfortunately got injured a lot. But um, the rest of them, can't think of much. And we were we yeah. were saying the other week that we're kind of holding back reservations on a lot of these players, probably just because of the coaching and the direction that they're getting. Yeah, that's what you don't know. Eh? We don't know if it, if, a, if a different manager came in and could work wonders with them because you get managers like that that can turn a player around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of other managers, Kelly, um, say mm-hmm. say Robbie Nielsen goes tomorrow. Who do you personally have in mind? Who would you like to see come in and replace Neil? Uh, the obvious ones that are out there now, I will know what it is, is Alec Neil. Obviously, yeah. his relationship with Joe Savage over the years. He knows Scottish football from his time at Hamilton. Uh, he's done good jobs down there. He's done a great job at Norwich when he first went to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek McInnes is out there. I, I don't know if Derek McInnes excites me that much. I think Aberdeen, yeah, they've done okay, but failed in a lot of big, big games. It would feel like the same old. Again, it's old boys network in Scotland, isn't it? Yeah, so, that's our biggest. Yeah. Um, again, on that podcast tonight, you know they're all round there in Robbie's defence, John Collins, and that. I'm thinking John Collins. Of course, you were Robbie if you were at his. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I think I'd, I'd like to see, and I said it the last time that I believe we should have pushed the boat out and got a bigger name manager. There was a lot of guys down south who've managed in the English Premiership, top end of the Championship, who they've came up against far higher calibre managers and teams down there than what you'll get up here. Mm-hmm. And they could probably outsmart most managers in this league, I would hope. That would be my thinking, you know. Um, so that's where I wanted to push the boy there, and I thought it could have been worth it, because if you got a winning manager in, a, we wouldn't have been the we wouldn't have been the championship, I believe. You know, with every chance we could have been up there winning a couple of trophies. So that's what I wanted them to do then. Alec Neil sort of ticks that box mostly. I would say he's, he's managing the Premiership, he's managed Championship level down England, which is everybody as good as up here, I would say. Um, so he would be my. There's no compensation involved. He would be my choice at the moment because I don't think there's anybody else in Scotland anyway that you you could go and pick and. To get somebody else who's in a job in like England, probably couldn't afford it. Yeah. Have to look for somebody like Alec who's maybe wanting to rebuild his career up here again, maybe. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, not exactly. That's a great shout. Well, Kelly, thank you again so much for agreeing to come on tonight. Um, yeah. If you if you do decide to go for the foundation, if you need any support, do let us know. Good <laughs> work for you. Aye, thanks, guys. Aye, aye. Well, I'll have to be uh, semi-retired, I think. We'll <laughs> be your spin doctors. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again, Kelly. Cheers. Right. For thanks very much. Thank guys. you very much, right. man. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers, Hopefully, next time it's a bit happier. Thanks. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> can only get better. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a song with that. Isn't there? <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you Cheers. so much. All right. Next up, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it doesn't get any easier in the championship. Uh, when your form's this bad away from home anyway, as we've got Dunfermline on Saturday. Since beating us 2-1 at East End Park, they've played eight times at home. Uh, they've won four, they've drawn one and lost three. Uh, and since beating Ayr away from home on the 5th of February, we have drawn three in a, three in a row on the road, uh, and that's excluding our away defeat to Brora earlier in the week. How do you feel this one's going to go, boys? Craig Whiten's in a bit of form as well now. He won't yeah, be this a, is. Won't be a oh, can you not play against us? No. This is oh, a, no. This is set up perfectly. The, 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 I don't know who the Dunfermline coach is, but he has yeah, no job. Oh, is it? Sorry, so it is. Um, he has absolutely no job this week. He does not need to motivate his players. He all he needs to say is, "Look, they are there for the taking, and if we win this and win our games in hand, the pressure is on." Hmm. Yep. Because what if they if they beat us? Sorry, if they win this week and then beat us, they'll still have two games in hand, am I right? They've got three games in hand over us right now. Hammy, you've been a meltdown trying to work out stats and figures, will they tell us? Um, or is it one game in hand? So they could they, potentially close the gap by nine points if they beat us and win their games in hand. So if they, so they win against Wraith tomorrow night and then they were to beat us, they would be... 10 points behind us with a game in hand so that they could then take that down to... Seven. No. Yeah. If they if they win against yeah. Dunfermline, beat us, it would go down to 10 and they would have one game. Yeah, seven points, aye. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Yeah, so that's the that's same pressure zone. That's then... We're still very clear. I know, but it, it's... It, in fact, I kind of want it to happen because then we kind of go all oh, 13-point cushion, eh? <laughs> ah, right. Cameron, by or sell, looking ahead to this one, what have you got for us this week? Oh, another wonderful round of um, going through the scores for last week. I wasn't here, but I did set the questions. And, um, well, let's say they weren't favourable. Um, so let's just cut straight to it like, Hearts to win was the first question Everybody bought it <laughs> Hearts didn't win Move on Right, next one Over 62% possession Any guesses for what we finished on? No idea 58 So um, Two people sold that Jarvin and Hammy, that's a point each The rest of us, nothing on that one So well done, yeah, Hearts to score over 1.5 goals. Now, I figured when I set this, if they scored over 1.5 goals, we would win the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you this right now, I bought all of them and this is the only one I got a point for. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it scored two goals. Um, there's a point there for you. And the last one, 
No, I thoroughly disappointed week of football. Hearts and Scotland to achieve a combined seven points before we next record. Now, I when I did this was based on basically Scotland getting four and Hearts getting three, where we ended up was Hearts getting none and Scotland getting two. So, <laughs> well done, gents. Um, me and Paddy bought it; the rest he sold it. Not bad. So, because we're not mad. Bringing up the rear. <laughs> One, one point each this week for me and Paddy, um, Simon Jarvey, two each, and Hammy, well done, you got three. Mm-hmm. And where that leaves our running totals is Paddy and me continue to bring up the rear. Paddy on 30, me on 33. Up on 35 to Jarvey, we go up to 37 to get to Simon, and still with that one point cushion, it's Hammy on 38. It's getting close now, gents, getting near the end of the season. Hammy out, small T. <laughs> I know. Hammy's border about to put a statement. One point cushion. What he's worried about. <laughs> now, that's where it gets serious. Big questions to be answered. <laughs> oh, Gents, no. I want to know buy or sell? A hearts win against Dunfermline this weekend. Sell. Sell. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to sell it as well. I'm going to ask this question every week until we win. <laughs> I'm just playing it safe with the draw because you get the draw. Mm-hmm. It's got draw written all over it. Yeah. They're all selling. I I was gonna buy it, but then Simon, I completely agree. I think I think a draw or a loss is more. So yeah, sell, sell, sell. I'm going to buy it because otherwise this question will turn us into the broken rock broken records podcast. <laughs> um, right. We bit of stats this time. Hearts over the last four games have averaged 13.5 shots per game. Amazingly. Um, they're not on target. That's 13.5 shots. So, buy or sell them hitting that average line. Thirteen point Over 13.5 shots in this game. Sell. Do we have our internationals back? Yep. Yes. Yeah. You don't know if Michael Smith will start necessarily. Craig Gordon, surely back in goals. I'm not sure either of them are taking a lot of shots. No, no, well, that's the other thing. <laughs> I'm going to sell it. I'll be for home. I'm going to sell it. Yeah, I'm also going to sell it. Um, sell. Yeah, I'm going to have to join you. I think I'm going to sell. My first that's, sell in a few weeks. That seems like a, that's a lot of shots. I can't believe we're averaging that many. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's boosted by, I think we had a lot of shots in the, the Brora game. Right. None of them anywhere near going in, but plenty of shots. <laughs> a lot of desperation. I guess if, if you're sitting in a, a game where you are behind, you're probably going to have more shots because you start to take chances from outside the box that you maybe wouldn't otherwise. Mm. Okay, um, so Hearts had 59% possession in the 1-0 win in January. And we had 58% possession in the 2-1 loss away in November. So I'm going to go right down the middle with the possession line this week. Hearts to have over 58.5. So. I'll buy that. I'm going to sell it as well. It's a very negative board, gents. I think our possession has been coming down slowly. I mean, it was very high, I know, but I think teams have realised that they can... Just do what they want, really. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna buy it. I think Dunfermline will give us more of the ball. Yeah, that's it, Hammy. We're up against a big club this week. Robbie Nielsen will want to control it. 
I'm going to buy. No logic. <laughs> and this one, and I'm 99% sure of where you're going to go on this one, but I wanted to ask it anyway, and I alluded to it earlier in the, in the show. Hearts centre-backs have scored in the last two games, so um, does that streak go into the third game? Does the <laughs> centre-back score in this game? <laughs> sell. Yeah, sell. Are you just considering it? I'm going to sell it because I've no idea who's going to be playing centre-back now. Yeah. So that was a sell for Simon, a sell for Jarvie, a sell for Paddy, a sell for me, and a buy for Hammy. Okay, got it. <laughs> Right. Thanks for that. I will. Oh, I, one last thing, actually, to update you on where we are, just in case you wanted to know. 22 games, 50 goals, 2.27 we're now at per game. I'm not going to hit that three, I don't think. And until next time, I'll, uh, yeah, see you later. I'll update you. Thank you, Cameron. And thank you, Simon, Hammy and Paddy, for your time once again this week. And thank you to Stevie Kilgour for coming on. It's much appreciated. Thank you to Badman Productions as well for his copious amounts of editing time as ever. Uh, if you aren't following us on social media already, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at hearts underscore podcast. And if you would like to send us an email, it's heartspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Even leave us a nice wee review. Spread the good word on social media. So until next time, keep washing your hands for the hearts. We'll see you again soon. <laughs> they lads and their jambos, eh? <laughs>